and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. And my name is Matt. My name is Courtney. And we talk about the do-do's and don't-do's of personalized learning. We do. And today we're going to talk about something that, well, as we kind of discussed beforehand, I don't really know anything about. Economics. What? Oh, economics. economics? <laughs> Yeah, everyone's like, why are you talking about economics? I thought you were doing a series on the studies from Edutopia's 10 most significant education studies of 2021 that support your theories and ideas about personalized learning. Well, well, listeners, we are. And it just so happens that today we are at the intersection of understanding education and economics. Hence my confusion. <laughs> Hence the confusion. Yeah. So this is going to be a, a, like a 15 to 20 minute chat about uh, the law of supply and demand, right? No. That, okay. So, let's, so let me explain to everyone why we're talk, we have to talk. We will talk a little bit about economics and what it is and what it is not. But first, so the name of the study, it's number five on the Edutopia list. Mm-hmm. And the name of the actual study do to do I, I'm scrolling up through like 40 something pages is who benefits from attending effective schools examining heterogeneity in high school impacts and this was done by the National Bureau of Economic Research what yeah All right, so why the heck would economists be studying the effectiveness in schools? Okay, for lots of reasons, because without a public school system, we don't have an economy. But- um, (laughs) Gauntlet thrown down right at the beginning. Right there. Yeah. Um, But I think that there's a lot of confusion about, about what economics is, right? And why would economists- study this. Okay, so instead of thinking of economics as understanding supply and demand and what all that means and then money, right? Think about economics as the study of the choices we make and why we make them. Often explained and described using math. Okay. That's what economics is. So people who study economics, economists, are actually very curious people about what's happening in the world and our society and kind of like why those things are happening, why the different choices are being made. Um, And so this is a really important decision, right? These are important choices. How are schools designed? How, what philosophies are schools going to use? What are schools teaching? important decisions. And so if we're truly worried about giving all learners the best, then you need to be able to look at what schools are making, what kinds of choices, and how is that playing out with the students, right? I love so this that's kind of the, the gist of this study. Yeah, I love this. This is this sounds really interesting. It is. It's fascinating. So as I started looking through it, you know, at first it, it literally is 40 something pages long, 46 pages long. Right. And there's a good chunk of that almost at least 10 pages worth that are all charts. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Describing, describing the world using math. Right. So here's why this 
study is entirely done based on math. It's and data. So data and math is how this entire study was done. There is no, there are no like surveys of students or teachers. There's, it's no, there's no qualitative anything. It's all quantitative. Okay. Um, and so essentially they used data to create um, profiles and categories of different schools, of different, of students, um, and then used all of, used those, uh, what do they call them? I'm gonna call them profiles. Like used those pro profiles to make predictions about the data and then test those predictions um, and draw conclusions. Okay. So it, it all centers around um, 100, it's just over 100, 150,000 students, I think it is, in the Chicago area, Chicago public schools. So you can imagine that's a large, that's a long, well-established school district, has lots of data. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know, public schools keep all kinds of data around socioeconomic status, race, genders, um, and academic performance. So there was a wealth of data for these economists to work with, right, to mm -hmm. do this. Um, and so part of the reason why this study is so long is because they go through very thoroughly and explain their methods for how they determined the different categories, the different groups, um, and all of that. So if you're interested in kind of learning how that works, go get this study and read through it. All right. So that's, that's kind of the explanation. Let's, let's jump, let's jump to the ends, to the summary, to the conclusions. Perfect. So Matt, what did you read about it from the Edutopia blog? So from Edutopia did not mention it was an economic study, first of all. Oh no. Yeah. And now I realize that it doesn't really matter as much because of what happens here. Yeah. So, uh, so the Edutopia study summarized this as saying, that uh, emphasizing the social and emotional dimensions of learning, mm -hmm. such as relationship building, a sense of belonging and resilience, yep. such as improves high school graduation and college matriculation rates for both high and low income students, right. beating out schools that focus primarily on improving test scores. Yeah. So it's not just for low income kids, nor just for high income kids. Uh, I'm assuming all of the kids in the middle of that Everyone's also yeah. so everybody if you emphasize social and emotional dimensions of learning you get better results at the end yeah yeah so this is kind of what they found so they characterized effective schools as schools that made measurable differences in academics social emotional development and behavior i don't know if we need to talk about like the readily available data that schools can legitimately use to measure those things, but it's, it's mm -hmm. there and they talk about it in the, in the research article. Um, so that's what to find an effective school. And so, yeah, the first thing they found, right, was that didn't matter what socioeconomic status, what gender, what race, anything didn't matter. Learners in those schools that focus on those th three things and can show measurable growth in those three things overall were did better like just did better right better college matriculation better better staying in college better mm -hmm. um uh you know better I, what is it like not college but career right like 
got jobs, just like, oh, in general, if you think about kind of like human wellness and functioning did better. Um, then the next thing they find, then they kind of make some guesses about like, well, let's talk about specific groups, right? Mm -hmm. Minoritized groups in particular. So when you go look at the research article itself in the introduction and then in the conclusion, it talks a little bit more about some of these other groups. Um, and what they found that this was even more true for students in minoritized groups. Mm -hmm. So the big takeaways are if you want to close education gaps, you need to be focusing on social, social, uh, social emotional development and behavior just as much as academics. And if you want to have an effective school in general, you need to focus on all of those things, not just academics. And it, this has not only like, like, academic results as a success, but after they leave, when they talk yeah. about graduation and going to college and having yeah. a decent career. Yeah. So this doesn't just affect the schools, it affects what happens later. Yep. After arrest they rates. Yep. They look at arrest yeah. rates. Mm -hmm. They look at, yeah, they look at a lot of different things. It's not just going to college and staying in college. Right. Right. So uh, I like how it concludes, actually, the, the conclusion from the study ends with, with such a great sentence here. I like this. It says, our results reinforce the importance of soft skills and suggest that if one were to use test-based measures of school quality alone, one would dramatically understate the benefits for students who need access to better schools the most. Right. Yes. And so that's that's another piece of this that I actually appreciate about the research article itself, and it spe spends time on it, talking about the, that very inequity, that mm -hmm. it is the learners that need these skills the most and effective schools that most that typically don't get them. Yeah, probably don't even typically think about them, right? Because a lot of the pressure in the education field is to get your, get your schools to be a better school by raising your test scores, right? So right. all the focus goes right onto test scores which kind of reinforces the issue of you've got a school that's really underperforming for whatever reason, and now we're focusing on the wrong things to make them better. Right. Which is a total circle at that point because it just reinforces itself. So I really like this study. Yeah, I think it's a great study. I'm liking it more and more the more I'm sitting with it. And mm. I'm actually thinking of several people I'm going to send this to. Uh, for some projects I'm involved in right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I yay think, research. Yay research. No, I know this is this is great. And I totally get why this is an economic study now mm -hmm. as opposed to like a strictly educational study because yeah. it's what, what happens as a result of doing these things because now all these people are out in the world right. that have jobs, that are making money, that are spending money, that are being part of society. And we have better human beings because of the things we focus on in school rather right. than the wrong things we focus on in school. Yeah. So obviously it's, it all comes back, I think, to the law of supply and demand. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to bring it home to personalized learning and say it, it all comes back not. to culture. I, of course it does. Yeah. I mean, this, 
I think when we talked about this, what was it like three or four weeks ago that we started this little series yeah. of studies and we talked about uh, this particular study uh, in a very super generic sense being this is the way we should do schools because it all comes back to culture at that point, which is fully yeah. what we believe in a hundred percent every single time. I talked with teachers today yeah. about culture and how about if we start with that, the rest of it's going to kind of fall into place. You right. Know? I guess I want to pause here and say that by saying culture, like culture, we're not saying that that's easy or oh, that that no. doesn't include really explicit and intentional instruction. It does to build, oh, yeah. to build a culture that gives learners agency and fosters respect and, you know, productive dialogue and problem solving like that is it, it's intense and it requires as much pedagogical skill as teaching content well. Yeah, ab absolutely. Uh, I think that's where sometimes we get, or I get anyway, a little pushback by saying, okay, well, the culture mm -hmm. in my, in my classroom, in my building, in my district, it's fine. You know, so we'll focus on the other things. I'm like, well, is it though? Is, is it, it? Is it? And we, <laughs> you know, we focus a lot on the academic stuff when it's, it's not like first you do this, second you do this. It all goes in parallel. It's, it's all one right. system. Yeah. And if you're missing one of those pieces, you're really going to struggle, as you can see from this particular study, that if the, the schools that are missing those social emotional learning sections aren't nearly as successful in the long term with their kids, like in school and out of school, they, they don't come out the way you want either. So, <laughs> right. you know, that's a very <laughs> blunt statement there, but it, <laughs> it all goes together, right? It all goes together. And yeah. there's a ton of work that goes with it. You, it's not an add on. Right. And I think that's what people think the culture part is sometimes is just an add on. Well, I'll get to it when I, you know, we'll do social emotional learning. We'll do a class on that. You know, we'll do a, a right. on that for kids. We'll have an assembly. Yeah. We'll yeah. We'll have an assembly. <laughs> that's my favorite part. Yeah. We'll have an assembly during recess, but it'll have to be short because we really got to get to lunch. So we'll get a good 20 minutes in there. We'll talk about it. Everybody will understand and we move right on. And it's like, well, no, that's just, that's just a no. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I think this, uh, I think this is a great study. Um, you're right. The more we sit with this, the yeah. more it becomes like, uh, you know, 46 pages. It's not so bad. A lot of cool graphs, a lot of tables, <laughs> a lot of tables, tell you that one. But some of the graphs are really interesting. Uh, when they, when the, when it's there's a ton of data in here, as you said before, there's a it's all data. data. It's all data. I love it, and the yeah. way they organize it and really explain it, uh, they explain it really nicely, and and pretty they do. straightforward. Yes, it's you very know. accessible. It isn't. I mean, it's not like reading, you know, your favorite magazine, but like your it is anything at that point. But yeah, yeah, it, you don't have to like seriously get prepared to read this article yeah 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 it's really it's really good uh there will be links to this in our show notes and to the edutopia article uh from yeah um, so do we need to do any follow-up to this next week maybe talk about our some some of our uh, quote-unquote favorite 
culture building strategies? I think or... that'd be a great way to yeah? talk. So we, have, we, we have talked about culture a bit without getting specific like we did last week with some pre-assessment stuff. Right. Um, um, so if you haven't heard that one, please go back. Uh, but I think that'd be a great way to really uh, to really bring it home, Courtney. Yeah. Keep it connected to, to the mission of this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. We do have a mission. What is our mission again? Yeah, it's right. It's the do's and don'ts of personalized learning. Yes. All, All right. right then. Uh, so uh, give us feedback. Uh, tell us uh, what you think about this one, about specifically the cool graphs and tables at the end of the study. <laughs> Um, you can find us like on every social media platform at PLearnMC. If if we're on it. If we're on to it. To be clear. If we're on it, we're PLearnMC. <laughs> True. And if there's another PLearnMC out there on something like uh, on the TikTok or something, then uh, we're going to have words. <laughs> All right. We mailed, we mailed a picture of our podcast title to ourselves in the mail and haven't opened that envelope when we first started recording. So <laughs> just kidding. I, I was going to say, I don't know. Did I lose that somewhere in my mood? Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. <laughs> <laughs>